burned, crashed, reduced to dust, then rise from the ashes. Hello, I'm Carol Gawker, confidence coach, speaker, author of the book Breakthrough with the legendary Les Brown. I'm a mom of two, a loving daughter, and a devoted wife. A modern woman can juggle life, work, and have it all. You too can have it all. Welcome to Rise from Ashes. Hi, I'm Carol. In this episode, I will be sharing about behavior challenges. I call it behavior challenges. I emphasize on the word challenges because I hate to call it behavioral disorder. Yes, in this modern world, you know, there's a lot of attention being brought on and being put on on kids who have behavioral disorder. To be frank, I don't really like the word disorder because it is not really an illness. It is something that is brought on by external stimuli. That is what my personal belief in. And why do I want to talk about it today? It's because my own daughter has challenges. You see, they are in the modern world, there's quite a few types of challenges that a lot of parents are facing today. You know, mm, most simple challenges like sibling rivalry that we can think of, you know, temper tantrums because of uh, the arrival of a new rivalry, you know, some jealousy perhaps, and then the fear of of uh, being having to share the love and time between parents uh, and, you know, with, with, with a new sibling. But then, you know, in, in recent years, uh, more and more cases and more and more children are having challenges. You know, you hear about things like ADHD, for example, anxiety. Autism is also very much on the rise. And my daughter has anger management challenges. And how was that so-called found out? To be frank, I just thought that, you know, she she likes to give up. That's her character. When she was doing, dealing with something, you know, the easy way out is to give up. It was quite a bit of a tough time because I thought I was giving her the space, giving her the opportunity to, to grow into it. And how, how, how did we find out about it? It was during this transition from preschool, from kindergarten into grade one in primary school. So it started in cup, just a couple of days into the, the new year. So we understand the fact that, okay, you know, the transition being in, in a kindergarten that you know for a few years an environment that is familiar, a place that's, you know, small and cozy. You go into a, a new environment, even though she has seen the school, she had attended orientation, she met her soon-to-be teachers and her classmates. But this transition is huge in the world of a child, in the eyes of a child. So within the first few weeks, I noticed that a little bit of anxiety. Wow, you know, all this pressure from the teachers. Because during the day of the orientation, I received a stack of documents. 
states 100 words, 100 words that your child needs to know before he or she goes to grade one. I look at the vocabulary and all the words. I say, wow, you know, my child had only just beginning to learn how to read. And there's this expectation already to know a hundred words. I thought, let's not pressure her because she's well-spoken. She can express herself easily. It should be fine. So starting new school and there's this expectation that uh, they already know how to read and write. So And also, you know, the, the education system in Singapore, quite pressurizing. They have this pressure that they need to do well in school. So she actually felt it. My, my daughter has always been a very sensitive child, so she felt it. And of course, you know, the challenges of making new friends when you're in, in a preschool, in a kindergarten, the, the maximum you have is 12, 12 kids in, in the room. Right? So you have 11 other children. And then suddenly you're being thrown into a bigger classroom with 19 different children that you have to get to know all over again. Even though she has classmates in the kindergarten that goes into the new school with her, they've all been assigned to a different class. Then, you know, kids, kids being kids, sometimes they are mean. They'll say, oh, you know, I don't want to talk to you. So within the first few days, they kind of like form little cliques, I suppose. And for my girl, being an active girl, she's not the girly girl. She, she was kind of being you know, placed in the middle. She's not quite sure where she belongs. She likes to play with boys mostly. So it was actually quite tough times because I, I felt the pressure. I started getting emails from the teacher about her behaving um, badly. That means standing up, walking to her, over to her friends, you know, or simply just not listening. And this is, I would say, an indicator. Whenever she, she moved to a new, in fact, yeah, we, she moved to a new kindergarten. Uh, we actually changed two kindergartens within uh, a few years. So, you know, I know the teachers notice this this kind of uh, this kind of behavior, where she's trying to establish her personality, establish her place, and see how far she can push. I'm sure some of the moms, by hearing this, you would agree. Some children really like to push and see how far they can go. So that was what she was doing with the teachers. And some teachers are very nice. Some teachers are a bit strict. And because it's the beginning of the school year, you know, teachers are actually very nice. And then they're trying to be accommodating, understanding that the fact that it's a big, huge change for them. So she was trying to push it. But of course, you know, she knows how to push buttons. So I have to step up on my discipline of sorts at home, trying to work with her. And in the past, in the kindergarten, she would be there for the entire day. She has the friends, her friends all day with her. They play games, they do work, they sing songs. And suddenly, she goes to school for half a day. She comes home on the school bus and then she sees me. And then for me, being a mom, and I wasn't really pushing her previously in the kindergarten, I decided to 
to uh, do a little bit more activities with her, like, come, let's do some reading. Come, let's do some writing. Ah, and all of this eventually evolved into shouting matches. Because when, you know, within the first two weeks of the school year, we were given the spelling list. And she has to do spelling for English, for Mandarin, and math. I mean, who does spelling for math? Apparently, you have to spell 1 to 10, 1 to 20, and 1 to 30, and 1 to 100. Funny, right? So, yes, so there's a s- three lists. Three lists of spelling words that she would have to do every week. So, I started working on it with her. I said, you need to understand, you need, you need, to, you need to remember, you know, I'm trying to work this with you. And she couldn't, she couldn't get it. She's like, okay, why do I need to do all this? Because I already know how to read. I can speak. Why do I need to learn? Every three weeks, she would have this list, this list of 20 words, like a pop quiz that she would have to memorize. So it was bad. And then this is where all the shouting matches happen. I say, look, you know, you really, really, really need to, to concentrate because you are a big girl now. You are in, in grade one. You're in, you need to learn. And these words are important. and your answers in writing form. So, she hated it. And at some point, she started to scream at me. It's all your fault. You shouldn't let me do this. And I started to shout back as well. You don't understand. You need to study in order for you to study so that you can get a good job in the future. Hmm. Sounds so familiar, right? You know, you hear that from your parents. You need to study hard so that you can get a good job. And I became my mom. And I did that to her as well. One day, she decided to really give me a piece of her mind. She said, well, if I didn't get the job I want, then I guess it's your fault. Because she didn't teach me how to. At that moment, I felt horrible. I felt crushed. Did I make a terrible mistake by having her? Not that she's a mistake. My mistake. That I'm not a fit mom. I felt so defeated and I began to blame myself. I thought, Maybe I just not cut out to be a parent. I don't even know how to teach my daughter how to spell. Then when I come to think about it, you know, kids are so vocal nowadays. And I wanted to in to for for her to, to become someone who can effectively communicate her emotions, her needs and her wants. I don't want to, to suppress her. You know, I want her to have freedom of expression in a way. You know, I want to have good conversation with her, not just top down. You know, I'm the authority and you listen to me and that's it. That was what I was brought, brought up with. You know, back then, 
Uh, if you dare to talk back at your parents, I did many times. I try, I push, and I get punished. If you hear previous episodes, you know my mom spanked me. My mom came me. So because I'm not allowed to cane or spank my, my children, I have to reason with her. And you know, try and reason with someone who is having an emotional meltdown. Think of it. It's tough right, for an adult, let alone a kid. After six months of back and forth, all the shouting, the screaming, the door slamping between her and me, I decided that I needed help. So I went to my husband and, and told him about the whole situation. He was like, can't you just talk to her nicely? And I was, Why, what do you mean I talk to her nicely? He said, yeah, I noticed that you're always shouting at her. I said, oh, you know why? Because by that time that you're back at home in the evening, all of, this which have, all of this would have escalated to a point where there's no return. Because my patience was tested time and, and again. And I just didn't have anything left, no energy left to really deal with another meltdown. One day I decided to record the entire exchange on my phone and send it to him. He was like, wow, okay, we do have an issue. We tried to solve it. We tried to solve it for six months. We couldn't do it. So it's time. It's time that we admit defeat. I have never felt defeated so badly in my life. I can't even talk to my kid. So we decided that we have to get help. And help came. Turns out she has an anger management issue. She has a lot of pent-up frustrations. She's unable to express pent-up anger for the things that she cannot control. Hence, the easiest thing to do is to let it out on the people closest. It's just this unconscious thing that, or subconscious thing that they know they're in a safe environment. But we need to vocalize that she is safe to be able to let us know how she is really feeling. What are the incidents that actually lead up to this emotional outburst? So the reason why I'm sharing here is because I identify myself as a stay-at-home mom. I work from home, even though I run a coaching business. I think about the, the other moms like myself, who are who's working moms who have to, to work in regular office hours. What sort of challenges do they face when dealing with their children? It's so tough. Imagine you know, going to work in the morning, come back in the evening, and then some of them who's lucky to have some help at home, they still have to deal with homework. And then I can imagine that back and forth and the shouting, which is how I, how I experience, and the anguish, and then the defeat that they must have felt. And also the shame, the shame that, I, that they cannot be a good mom, because that was how I felt as well. I felt so shameful that I don't even know what to do. How to even deal with my child? I'm the mother, I should have known better. 
and emotional outbursts from the parent as well because you know after a long day at work sometimes you know there's good days there's bad days and having to deal with your children is just too much to bear that we, we take on so much as women isn't it so what can be done the thing is we have to admit that we are not defeated we have to actually tell ourselves, yes, we feel defeated, but we are definitely not defeated. What can be done? Ask for help. The problem about being a woman is we do not ask for help. We keep taking on. We take on everything, every single thing. Kids, work, the emotions of our husbands, friends, colleagues, right, and the people working with us, business partners. So many. We are emotional creatures, but we also have to say, you know, let's protect ourselves and say, enough is enough. Yes, I'm not good at this, but what can I leverage on? Who can I leverage on for help? Everything's changed for me when I wrote in my husband for help. And he was able to see it from a third party, party perspective. But what if there are some other women who don't get that kind of support from their husbands? You know, I'm not man-trashing here, but there are, are husbands who are like, you know, I really need your help to deal with this because I can't deal with all the emotional stuff at all. I'm just not good at it. So all of this come under the mom's arena. So it's being put on the, as an additional weight on the mother's shoulder. Then we have to say, it's okay. Tell ourselves, find help. And with help, I was able to manage the emotion of my daughter. And the, the result was she was able to vocalize her feelings. She felt safe. And sometimes when she's a little bit out of control, we can say, hey, I need you to recognize. I need you to be aware. I need you to be mindful that this is what's happening right now. Do you feel it? If you do, do you need time out? Do you need time out for yourself? Have a few minutes for yourself and then you can come talk to me when you're alright and then to remind her that oh yeah there's this specific zone do you think you can bring it down being able to recognize the signs I was a both of us my husband and I was able to we were able to to bring her emotions down and then we can both talk at the same level and by asking for help I wasn't pushing her away through all the shouting she wasn't pushing me away as well and we do we don't we don't feel that we are so far away and having the tools actually allow us to build a closer relationship. So moms, if you are hearing this, you know, have the confidence to say, it's all right. I'm not perfect. I can seek help and things will be better. So this is all I have for this episode. And if you're interested to find out more about our community, Come and join us at our Snake So Rich Woman event and I'll be happy to speak to you. I look forward to seeing you in my next episode where I will be sharing with you how to rise from ashes. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so honoured to have you here. Now, if you'd like to keep going and want to know more about our mentorship, training programmes and done-for-you services, come on and visit me over at soulrichwoman.com. It's S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com. And if you happen to get this episode from a friend or a family member, be sure to subscribe to our email list because once you subscribe, you become one of my Soul Rich Woman family.
you too can have it all. Keep going and I'll speak to you soon.